This is episode 283. Things are good, but I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop with Kate. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to share today's episode with you because I know that the issue Kate brings forward today, which is all about things are going good. I've done lots of work on myself. I'm finally at a point where life is smooth and good, but I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then I'm judging myself for way for having these negative thoughts. And now I'm going to attract this with my negative thoughts. Just take a deep breath. No, you're not alone. This is something I personally relate to so much, especially in this phase of my life. And today's episode gives some really good guidance. Even even I, when I was coaching Kate, was so grateful to her because I was like, oh, wow, I'm coaching myself as I'm coaching her. It's great. It's one of the benefits of being a coach is we consistently coach ourselves too when people bring us things that are currently up for us. And hey, all you coaches out there and aspiring coaches or current coaches who really want to take your business to the next level, I have opened up finally after many, many requests my own coaching institute with three other epic coaches, my husband, Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles. This is something we've had in the works for over two years now. We're really excited about it. It is for current coaches and new coaches. So current coaches is about deepening your skills, really becoming a master coach, getting the training that you might not have gotten at other places that you may have graduated from or taken certification programs from. And for new coaches, we are accepting new coaches, people that want to get into coaching as long as you have personal development experience, meaning you've had a coach, you've been in personal development, you've done workshops or retreats, you've been in therapy, you you aren't totally new to the personal development world. And even though you may not be a coach yet, you've been a client for many, many years and you really know the lay of the land. So if you're interested in learning more and applying, go to elementumcoachinginstitute.com. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. You spell elementum, E-L-E-M-E-N-T-U-M, elementumcoachinginstitute.com. We are filling up very, very quickly. We're keeping this first class relatively small. So definitely, definitely want to get your application in soon. So as you're listening to this call with Kate, consider, did you have a childhood where you couldn't really relax? There was a lot of uncertainty, or maybe you had a childhood where everything was going fine, but then all of a sudden something happened, the shoe dropped, and now you find yourself consistently waiting for the other shoe to drop. Have you done a lot of work on yourself? Are things going really well, but you feel like you can't trust it? Do you fear that your fear about things going badly is going to manifest things going badly? And then you're going to be so mad at yourself because you ruined the good things. And finally, do you really feel like you have a deep connection to that inner child so much so that he or she feels safe? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Kate. And as always, be sure to listen to the breakdown after the show where I discuss how I coached her and give you some takeaways. Kate, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. So I have a very interesting situation. So I'm a person that's done 
a lot of inner work and healing and therapy. And I've done a lot of sort of healing of masculine and feminine wounds and all that kind of stuff. And my life is in a really good place right now. So my career is really great. I have a part-time writing job. I love to dance. I have great friends. And my whole life is in such an amazing place. However, there is this part of me that when things are going really well, I often struggle because I feel like something bad is going to happen or that I'm, I guess the feeling is waiting for the other shoe to drop. It's that kind of feeling like trusting that, you know, things are great and they're going to stay great. Yeah. So I would just love some guidance or something around that. Well, the first thing I'll say to you is you're not alone because this is one I so can relate to. So can relate to. In fact, it's, I'm in a phase in my life where I'm experiencing something very similar. And Mm. so it's very normal. It's very normal. It's, It's often known as upper limiting there's a book called The Big Leap. I don't know if you've read that book, um, but yeah, I have. <laughs> I, okay, so you understand what's happening. So mm. I think the first thing is just to take a deep breath and just accept this part of you, because mm. the thing that can happen when we've done a lot of work is we know we're doing something that's quote unquote not good. Like because I'm sure. Well, I'll ask yeah. you. Have you had the thought? oh, well, I'm going to sabotage it because I'm worried something's going to be bad. So I'm going to track something bad, even though nothing's going bad. That is completely it. And yeah. then something bad might happen. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've attracted this. I've attracted this. this. It's my fault. I've ruined everything. Yeah. Yeah. So again, normal. Again, normal. And also remember that it's not necessarily our thoughts that attract things to us the most. It's our feeling. It's our mm-hmm. frequency. So do you spend, like if you were kind of to do a percentage, would you spend, say you spend more percentage wise time in fear, worry, anxiety, or do you spend more in joy and gratitude and presence and just like being okay with things? Even if it's 51% and 49, which is higher? I would like to say it's the joy and presence, but I think in the back of my mind or like when I'm not doing anything, I start to think about all the things that could go wrong. And so I think I kind of fall back into that fair sort of state. Okay. I hear you. I bet though, if I measured it on like a moment to moment basis in terms of how you're feeling, especially when you're in your life and doing things, there'd be a lot of really positive feelings there. There'd be joy, there'd be gratitude, there'd be presence. And so it's sort of like those feelings that are higher vibrational are really, really powerful. And I want to tell you that like, trust those more and trust that Mm. you're having enough of those and trust that, like I was saying, it's kind of like if you eat a pretty good diet and you have a pretty good lifestyle, then like eating bad on the weekend, not such a bad thing, you know, it kind of balances out. And I think that the expectation that we have to be doing it right and doing it perfect And if we're not in the right energetic or we're not thinking, that just adds another level of criticism. So how I work with this personally, and then we'll unpack a little more in a minute childhood stuff and how this pattern developed to protect you because that's why it's there. But Mm. (laughs) yeah, we'll we'll get to that. (laughs) But just remember the frequency of acceptance is powerful and high. I don't know if you've ever done EFT or tapping, 
But the stem sentence on any EFT statement is even though I'm having these feelings of the other shoes are going to drop and something's bad going to happen, I love and accept myself. Because yeah. it's it's about moving into acceptance. So to give you some uh, reassurance or comfort when you're having those thoughts and then you freak out and go, oh no, I'm going to create it. I'm going to ruin everything. I'm going to like sabotage this writing job because I'm worried about it. I just want you to go, I observe that thought. You can even name that part of you that worries or has those, you know, protective fear-based thoughts and go, I see you. I love and accept. Even though I'm having this thought, I love and accept myself. So that's just a, a small tool you can do and have the reassurance that it comes up and then you're, you're almost canceling it out with acceptance because the frequency yeah. and the energy of acceptance is much higher and resonates at a much different frequency. So is that something you think you can try? Definitely. Definitely. I think it's one of those things I haven't really known how to actually, like, I know these thoughts come up and then I'm just like, it paralyzes me because I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back a little bit. Cause you, you resonated with, when I said childhood protective strategy, <laughs> tell me a little bit about where you feel this comes from. I think without going into all my childhood, I think it's because I grew up in a family where my father could be quite unpredictable with his anger. And I had a sister, an older sister who had quite a lot of sicknesses and was often in hospital. And my mum was often trying to manage all of this. And so it was often the fact that like something would go wrong or like literally my father could come home and something would trigger him and he would go, he would get like super angry. And so it was one of those things, like I never really knew what to expect. And I yeah. think based on my patterns, and I guess you probably can see it as well. That's I think where it started out from is as a child, I literally never knew what to expect. Yep. And was it going to be a good day? Was I going to be, was I going to do all the right things? I just never knew. Yeah. So this is so, first of all, everybody as a child deals with the shoe dropping at some point or another and deals with things were going a certain way and then they weren't. Your level of mm -hmm. uncertainty was heightened. And so when a child feels like that, what do they not feel? When they feel massive uncertainty and never knew what was coming, what did you not feel? You never feel safe. Exactly. You yeah. never feel safe. And so mm -hmm. part of how you deal with it, so I gave you one tip kind of on the behavioral mental level, but how you deal yeah. with this on the emotional level and on the inner child level is when you have those feelings or you have those thoughts, one hand on the belly, one hand on the heart. I am safe. Mm. Everything's okay. I am safe. And I would suggest, have you done the inner child workshop, the virtual? I one? haven't. I okay. haven't. <laughs> it might be time. It's next month. So that might be something to look into. And it, it works for people in Australia, New Zealand, because we just send the recordings and you catch up with us. Okay. Is to really, really talk to little Kate. Well, let's do that now. So okay. just close your eyes for a moment. And I want to go back to a time in your life, maybe around eight to 10, when you were old enough to realize what was going on. You knew dad could come home angry at any moment. Sister could get sick again. Mom always seemed stressed. Mom always felt like she was pulled in a million different directions and, and not really there for you in some ways. And you just are looking around 
with anxious anticipation, trying to figure out what's happening next. Can you kind of take yourself back to that place? Yeah, definitely. Like the way you're describing it, I'm like, this is my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. So just speak as an eight-year-old as if we're there now. So speak in present tense. And I'm just going to ask you some questions. So little Kate, just tell me what you're thinking as you're observing everything in your family right now. I, I just feel so unsure and, and I want somewhere to, someone to be there for me and, you know, spend time with me and, and tell me everything's going to be okay because it never feels like anything is okay for me. Mm, I hear you. And what are you feeling? I just feel really scared. Mm -hmm. I just, it's, I just feel so scared and I feel like I can't relax and Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And is there anything else you need other than for someone to tell you it's going to be okay? I just, I just need to be able to enjoy life and just, just just have more fun and just not worry. Kind of want to be a kid, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, would it be enough for you if Big Kate was there for you? I think so, but I think she needs to make time for me. She kind of gets caught up in things and just does her own thing. Mm. <laughs> How much time do you need and what kind of attention does she need to give you? Um, I think just every day, just like a little bit of time. And just, I really just think I need more time for like fun and play and not making everything so structured. Like we can just have fun and just have fun and that'll be it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you're doing great. Thank you for all that. And just keep your eyes closed. And I'm going to ask big Kate, present day Kate to come forward and just one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly. That's how we connect to that inner child, those tender parts of us. I'm just going to invite you to respond to little Kate, to everything she just shared with you. I'm sorry that I'm not there for you as much. Um, and I know this is really hard for you. Like there's a lot there going on and you just want someone to be there and like take you up in your arms and just feel really like safe and just have, have a good time. Mm -hmm. Can you tell her everything's going to be okay? Everything is going to be okay. Actually, everything is going to be great Mm -hmm. and you're very safe. And I'm so sorry that no one was there for you when you were little. And I'm so sorry that no one was there for you when you were little. Now I'm going to have you switch back to eight to 10 year old Kate, little Kate. I'm just going to invite her to respond. (sighs) That feels really good to hear. I feel like I've needed to hear that for a long time. And do you feel connected to Big Kate? Not as much as I would like. I feel like I feel like we we don't have we don't we're not very close, or we could be closer. Ah, so you've been trying to get her attention lately, haven't you? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I think maybe you might be behind these fears about the other shoe dropping. Because you're just trying to get her attention. Mm. Yeah. I just feel, feel like safe. a little bit unseen. Mm-hmm. Like no one sees me and I'm just in the background and I'm just like, hey, I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, is there anything else little Kate wants to say? Just that I just need to have more fun. Like, I just feel like you just need, you just make my life really boring sometimes. And I want to do like spontaneous things and just go out and like not have a plan and just really just enjoy my life. And Mm. I think, yeah, I think Mm. I need that more. Mm. Okay. And big Kate, I'm going to have you respond. Oh, I feel like I've not been asked that before, but, um, I really, I see where you're coming from and I really can see how you might need more of that. And I'm going to do my best to try and give you more of that as well. Mm -hmm. And to little Kate, I'm going to, after you wrap up this conversation, I'm going to help big Kate come up with some agreements around that. Okay. So, you know, you have another ally. Okay. So just take a nice deep breath. And just thank all parts of you for coming forward. There's some beautiful information that was discovered there. And just let that sink Mm -hmm. in as I talk to you for a moment. So oftentimes the the inner child, which is so connected to our subconscious mind, the the things, the parts of us that don't feel safe, Um, they are behind often feelings of anxiety and fear and worry. Because if you think about it, that thought of the shoe's going to drop, something's going to go wrong, is is connected to how you felt as a child. It's triggering Mm. for you how you felt as a child. So often how the inner child gets our attention is he or she starts to create (laughs) thoughts and experiences that remind us of those feelings we have as a child because it's an unmet need. Does that make sense mm-hmm. what I just said? Yeah, definitely. So this feeling of uncertainty, basically this feeling, not feeling safe, not feeling seen, not really taken care of, not really given what you need is your wound from childhood. Mm-hmm. And so this is coming up both as a protective strategy because that's how you stayed safe as a child. You just tried to always prepare for the worst so that you weren't surprised. It's kind of like, well, if dad's going to come home angry, sister's going to be sick, I'm just going to expect the worst so that when something bad happens, I'm ready for it. So it's a protective strategy. And it's also an alarm system that the inner child is like, hey, Mm -hmm. this feeling of safety is still a thing. We're still, we just still didn't get it. We still don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. So in addition to working with the acceptance piece, when those fears come up, I want you to put one hand on your heart, one hand in your belly, connect with little Kate and just say, what do you need? What do you need? And if nothing comes up, you can just say, I'm safe. We are safe. Or I am safe. You are safe. We are safe. All is well. And so it's mothering yourself in the way that you weren't mothered because now that everything is going well in your life and there aren't any quote unquote problems to distract you, yeah, <laughs> the, the core stuff starts to bubble to the surface mm. and you've processed things. And I know you've probably done your anger work and you've done your journaling and yeah. you've done your therapy and all of that. And so there's amazing work that you've done. And the next level, or shall I say the next integration, 
is really about also, Kate, trusting you've done the work. Yeah. Like trusting that you're at a point in your life that you don't need to track the same lessons, that you don't need to learn through suffering and loss and hardship and chaos. Oh, that that really resonates. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I am safe. You are safe. We are safe. Mm. And that the learning through the suffering is complete. And you're human. There may be other expectation hangovers, but the good in your life doesn't need to be taken away for you to grow. Yeah, okay. You've chosen growth. It's a value for you. You will always be called to it, not because you're suffering, but because you love it. So let that be your orientation. Because often, this is something I see very, very often when people are in personal development. There's a, because they learn so much from their suffering, (laughs) those dark nights of the soul, the phoenix rising, I was at rock bottom, victim to victor. I mean, we hear these stories all the time. And there's sort of this, this unconscious belief that, oh, well, I learn and grow through challenge. I learn and grow through suffering. I learn and grow through loss. It's like, no, that was my awakening to growth. However, I choose to learn and grow now. I don't need loss and hardship to motivate me, inspire me to grow. I don't need that to evolve my soul. I'm awake. Well, I never thought about it like that. And I didn't realize that I've probably still always been referring back to challenges as a way to grow. Mm -hmm. So that's new. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's what got you here. Mm. No one comes to me because everything is a fantastic they come to me because they're challenged in some area of life. It's sort of like, wouldn't it be amazing if we all went to the nutritionist or the naturopath when we were feeling great and said, I just want to optimize. I want longevity versus go when something falls apart or when we're sick. And so I want you to mark this as a line in the sand and maybe you even want to do some journaling or some writing about like this chapter of learning through challenge is over. And yes, there may be challenges in your life, sure. Mm. But you can see them as opportunities. And you don't have to, on an unconscious level, worry that you need them in order to grow. If they come your way, okay, great. Like I'll deal with it. I have the tools. But I don't need to, on some level, keep bringing it in because I value growth or because I think that's how I'm going to evolve. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So what what did you hear today? What can you take from this? That connecting to my inner child is so important in terms of safety because that's where that's where I guess a lot of those thoughts and fears arise from. And just really, yeah, giving that space and letting my inner child actually talk and really listening to it because I think I sometimes don't do that. Um, And I think the other one is learning that we don't necessarily, or not necessarily, but we don't need 
growth to come from challenges and chaos. And while there will be challenges, it doesn't mean that I have to, you know, always be suffering and struggling in order to learn and grow. And when those voices come up, you can accept them and trust that you're not going to attract them because the vibration of acceptance cancels it out. And Um, also, you know, know that, you know, we have these emotional addictions. We have these ways of thinking and feeling that are just, we're just addicted to them because you've been in on, how old are you now? 31. Okay. So for basically 30 years, you've been in uncertainty and fear. And in your formative years, most of your formative years, you were wondering when's the next yelling? When's the next chaos? When's the next shoe going to drop? When's the next time my life is going to go from kind of peaceful to not? So this is very much an addiction. And if we think about people who are addicted to drug and alcohol, they've got to like go through some massive rehab and detox. And I think we, we minimize how strong emotional and mental addictions can be. And Mm. we think we're just supposed to like get over it and on with it. And (laughs) just because we have some awareness, but like any other addiction, it takes time. It takes diligence And, you know, for me with this and my worry pattern, my fear-based thinking, it takes that, like I said, loving discipline. Because when that worry voice comes in, I have to be like, nope, not my direction, not going to go here. And I sometimes have to say that a thousand times a day just to stop. And we also have to break the cycle of how we get soothing from those addictive thoughts. So that was the last thing I wanted to talk to you about. When you have those fear-based thoughts, those worry thoughts, how do you generally uh, get out of them or stop them or soothe them? Uh, right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just trying to think. The last time I felt like that, like I just try to tell myself, like, stop thinking like that. It's yeah. not going to happen. And just focus on something else. Like I almost use like distraction right. or I try to like push it away. And I yeah. don't know if that's healthy, but that's like how I usually cope. I'm like, just stop thinking about it. Let's just do something else. And yeah. So yeah. So I would say distraction is a coping strategy, but it's not going to heal it. It's not going to free you of the addiction. That's a common Mm -hmm. one. Reassurance is a common one. Like having worry, having fear-based thoughts and running out, asking somebody if it's going to be okay or pulling an Oracle card for reassurance or just like trying to like make it okay in some way. So there's lots of ways we deal with it that are not the best coping strategies. So instead of distraction, I actually want you to bring attention to it. First, accept it. Okay. Then say, no, this is not the direction. We're, I, like, I love and accept myself. And we're not going to go in the direction of worry. Or actually, the order I want you to do it is acceptance. Mm-hmm. Then I am safe. You, Kate, little Kate, are safe. We are safe. And then we're not going to go down this road. We're not going to go down this road. We're going to think about something to be grateful for. That's different than distraction because you're, instead of like distracting yourself, you're consciously choosing to move into gratitude, to move into a different thought, going through those steps, acceptance, Mm. feeling safety in your body, connecting with that inner child, and then consciously choosing gratitude is different than just don't think about it, think about something else. Can you feel the difference? (laughs) Yeah. The whole energy around it is different. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 
How are you feeling now? <laughs> I'm feeling, I'm actually feeling very peaceful. I feel like that part of me hasn't been like heard or really been given a voice for, for maybe my whole life. I don't yeah. know, but yeah. it feels really peaceful. Yeah. Well, and you have, I mean, you were able to drop into that conversation with little Kate so easily. So there's a beautiful connection there. So mm. the last thing that I want to do with you is to make some agreements with little Kate. Okay. So what are some things based on what she shared with you that you could start doing? Um, so I think the first one is giving time each day to just be and play and not have structure. Uh-huh. So just, I don't know, carving out time in my calendar to just be and play. And I think the other one is, and I don't know if this is necessarily action-based, but like when she says something to actually listen to her yes. rather than just pushing her away and being like, oh, I see you, I hear you, but not really like actually seeing and yes. hearing and listening to her. So two tips. I think those, yeah. Schedule instead of making yeah. time. It's like in the morning or before dinner or whatever, I'm going to make time. When I was doing a lot of inner child work, when I transitioned from working to dinner, I would just sit down and color for like 10, 20 minutes because I really liked that as a kid. And so whatever feels good to you, dancing, Mm. you said you love to dance. Maybe it's putting on songs that, you know, in the 90s that were really like your childhood songs or whatever. I guess (laughs) the 90s would be your childhood, right? Um, So (laughs) I was going to say the 80s, but that was my childhood. So just really like coming into joy and and scheduling that, like making that a non-negotiable. Because if you say you make time, it's like, eh, inner child doesn't feel you're that committed. And then for listening to her, do some journaling. We teach so much in the inner child workshop, so, so much. But I would just suggest doing some journaling and just saying, hi, little Kate, how are you doing? Is there anything you want to share? Have a picture of her and just connect. If you really establish this connection, she's going to feel so much better. And I bet by establishing the connection, honoring the agreements and doing that three-step process, acceptance, hand on heart, hand on belly, I am safe, you are safe, we are safe, and then consciously choosing to move into gratitude. I would love for you to check back in with me in six months and let me know how this is going. Okay. I definitely can do that. Does this help? So much. So much. I feel like I really needed it. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kate, for your honesty. You helped so many people with bringing this forward, including myself, who's been a little worst case scenario thinking lately. And P.S., before I dive into this, I said something on our Be the Queen call that I want to say to all of you. So I am someone who my whole life has definitely dealt with worry and anxiety and a little bit of OCD tendencies. I don't know if I diagnose myself with it, but I have those OCD obsessive tendencies. Mine aren't things like I have to wash my hands or I'm afraid of something happening. It's more worry and having something in my mind that I'm worried about not being able to let it go. Like my mind's like a dog with a bone sometimes with things. And it's an an opportunity for me to continue shifting that. And people that don't suffer from anxiety or those kind of OCD thinkings don't really understand it. And I notice oftentimes when someone is anxious, someone else will say, just relax 
or when someone is worrying, obsessing, someone will say, well, just don't think about it or just stop thinking about it. Those comments, just relax or just don't think about it or stop thinking about it are not helpful (laughs) to people that have anxiety, worry, and any obsessive thinking patterns. So the best thing to say is, what do you need? What do you need? And I really hear you. I really hear that's bringing up a lot of worry for you. I'm sorry you're going through that. Those are much better things to say than relax, shake it off. Don't think about it. Because as you know, if you are someone that worries, that doesn't help. And I'm also saying this because it doesn't help when we say it to ourselves. It's not fun when other people say it to us, but I pointed that out first because you're probably like, oh yeah, I hate it when people say that to me. But I bet you do that to yourself, just like Kate does. She tells herself when she's worried, think about something else. Don't think about this. Doesn't work, does it? Neither does telling yourself, just relax when you have anxiety. Better to do what I instructed Kate to do. First and foremost, move into acceptance. Acceptance is a beautiful emotional quality. It has a beautiful vibrational frequency. When we accept, it just takes the judgment off. It takes the pressure to change off. It's like a big (sighs) sigh of relief. So move into acceptance. Two, connect with that inner child and generate a feeling of safety. Hand on heart. I'm doing it now with you. Hand on belly, hand on heart, taking a deep breath. I am safe. You, little one, are safe and we are safe. All is well. It's important to have the acceptance first because you don't want to minimize the feelings. It's like I'm accepting that I'm worrying. I'm accepting that I'm having this feeling and I can be safe at the same time. And then being discerning, breaking those emotional addictions and mental addictions, consciously choosing, I'm going to go a different direction. Gratitude's my favorite because gratitude is such a great frequency to move us out of anxiety or obsessive thinking. Moving into gratitude and really feeling it is so much better than distraction. So as you heard with Kate, she had a childhood like many of you where there was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of chaos. She was always waiting for something quote unquote bad to happen. And so there's just not a feeling of safety. She felt very unsure. And you heard when we talked to little Kate that she just wanted someone to tell her it was going to be okay. And, And now she needs that from herself. Often these worry that the other shoe's going to drop, these fears are just the inner child trying to communicate it to us. Remember, the body and emotions are often the language of the inner child, of our subconscious mind. So pay attention to those. And instead of trying to get rid of them, go, what do you need? She was having all these fear thoughts and all these worries about things being too good and some things were going to go bad because the inner child was going, see me, see me. I need you. I need you to play with me. I need you to make me feel safe. I need to feel like I'm a kid. I never got to be a kid. So as we got that connection and information, it's so important for Kate to really connect with that little one. And for all of you, you know, if you have those fears of, oh no, I'm thinking these bad thoughts and now I'm going to manifest them. Just remember that actually in, in truthfulness, The percentage of time you spend present and in gratitude and just in your life is probably greater than the percentage of time you spend worrying. It just feels more intense because it's so intense and uncomfortable when you do it. So just take comfort, take faith, and it's all going to be okay. And the last thing I really want to highlight, which 
I think it's the first time I brought this up on the show. And I'm so glad we're talking about it now, which is this unconscious belief that I see a lot of people in the woke world buying into of, oh, I, I have to suffer to grow like blood, sweat, and tears. And for a lot of us, that was the first part of our awakening. It was the first part of our personal development. We had a loss. We had a divorce. We hit rock bottom. We went broke. Our health went to shit and we were blood sweating and tearing it. It was, it was awful. And then we had this amazing growth opportunity. We look back and we're like so grateful for that. But on some level, it's like, we're waiting for the next kind of bad thing to happen to grow. And it's like, no, no, no. I can evolve through choice, not challenge. So some takeaways for you. I did a teeny, tiny, teeny bit of inner child work with Kate here on the call. We have our next live virtual inner child retreat coming up March 19th through 21st. It is, we've done it twice. We've done two level ones and one level two, and it was phenomenal. I mean, the healing that's happened, we're still hearing from people. It's an incredible, incredible workshop. Please, please join us. Christinehasser.com slash inner child. My husband and I teach it together. We're your virtual mom and dad for the weekend. It's recorded so you can do it in the privacy of your home. If you can't make it live, well, you're doing it in the privacy of your home, whether you're live or recorded. But I'm just saying, if you can't join us live, it's recorded or if the time zone doesn't work. It's beautiful. It's such an incredible investment in yourself. Again, christinehaster.com slash inner child. If money is the only, only reason you can't do it, email jill at christinehaster.com. We have full and partial scholarships available. Next, try that three-step process. If you're a worrier or a when's the other shoe going to drop thinker, acceptance, I'm safe, hand on heart, hand on belly. Consciously choose to move into gratitude. Consciously choosing thoughts after you've accepted yourself and made yourself feel safe is not distraction. You know, we don't want to get over fear or worry or anxiety by distracting ourselves or reaching outward for reassurance. We want to find that reassurance inside. And finally, really vow that I can evolve through choice, not challenge. And really look at all the beautiful challenges that you've had and declare, okay, suffering done. Now I'm choosing my evolution. Doesn't that sound way more fun? (laughs) All right, everybody. That's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.